Also, coach, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on, coach. Um, I have a question for you. When your staff, I think this is important for for our listeners, the recruitable athlete and the parent of the recruitable athlete. When your staff goes to an event, goes to a tournament, or goes to a high school game or a junior college game, are you looking more for skills? What kind of skills or characteristics do you or your staff go out and really attract you to that student athlete? Well, I think at first we do have to identify, you know, players that can play at this ability or, or at this level, have the ability to play at this level, at the Division One level. Um, that That's obviously something that we need to look for. But I think that we're always looking for a separator. You know, if there is a game at 8 o'clock in the morning and there's a team that we're following or a player that we like to recruit, I have to make sure that we're on the field before anybody gets there to see how they get out of the car, you know, how are they dressed, how are they present themselves, how do they interact with their teammates – uh, before the game even starts, because I think that college recruiters, I mean, again, we can tell if if uh, if a player has the ability to play at our level and if, if that's conducive for us. Well, now we got to see what the separator is. You know, how do they interact with their teammates? How do they interact with umpires? You know, we got to make sure, especially at our campus at Daytona Beach, at Bethune, that we do have a small uh, campus community. You know, we can't afford to bring a bad character kid. You know, we can't afford to, you know, have someone that we feel is not going to represent our institution the right way on and off the field. So I think the intangibles of what that looks like, um, their their character, their makeup, um, you know, we'll spend a lot of time talking to high school coaches, not only on their team, but around the area to see how they were as a competitor. I think that that's something that a lot of student athletes must be able to understand that, yeah, we do contact your coach or your travel ball coach, but there's other contacts that we as coaches have to make in order to secure ourselves, knowing that we can trust X, Y, and Z player to represent our institution on and off the field. You know, before you ask the next question, Walter, I want to jump in. And, Coach, you just solidified, you know, we've had a lot of uh, very successful coaches on like yourself, and it's to a man and that, when that question is asked, and I, I think people need to hear this, is that it isn't just about your ability that's going to be attractive to that college coach. It's everything else that matters. And, you know, as a, as a former coach myself, yeah, you want talented athletes. But when you're with someone for nine, ten months out of the season and they're on your campus and they're representing the jersey that you're wearing across your chest and where you're the leader of that whole thing, you want someone that you could trust on a daily basis in all facets not just as a good player that can throw a good slider with two strikes or a guy that can hit a three-run bomb late in the game. So I think that's an important point, and I appreciate you being honest about that, Coach. Yeah, and one of the things I, I tell our coaches uh, when we do have recruiting talks, it's not so much the best player we're looking for. We're looking for the player that best fits who we are and our system and that are able to represent our institution. We've been Fortunate enough uh, for the last five years that I've been at Bethune uh, to have high character guys. Uh, we've had over 3.0 team GPAs every semester that I've been a part of Bethune-Cookman. And that is something that holds true to our standard with what we want to do is not only getting our players ready for the game of baseball, but also for the game of life. So all of that intertwines with each other with having a high character plus makeup type guy and guy that's going to just grind out and believe in what we're doing with our culture to have the success that we've had the last couple of years here at Bethune. You know, Jonathan, one of the things that I wanted to, why I wanted to have you on is I follow, you know, your social media. I follow the program. 
Uh, and one of the things that's intriguing to me is, you know, based where the university is based, you know, a lot of parents throughout the country, when we talk Division One baseball, instinctively they go into what I call the, the mindset of P5, everything P5, P5. You know, we know there's over 300 Division One schools that offer baseball. Can you speak to the parent and the student athlete? You know, what makes Bethune-Cookman stand out in your opinion? What is a separator for, for a student and his family to begin to look, not only from the geographical standpoint, but I know you offer a lot of majors, liberal arts, criminal justice, things like that. But tell us a little bit about Bethune-Cookman and why it's an attractive university for a prospective student athlete. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the campus community. You know, like um, I'll tell you, we have less than 3,000 students uh, on campus in Daytona Beach. So it gives you that close-knit community feeling, you know, that you can you probably can't get anywhere else with an institution that has 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 students. You're able to have people that are definitely going to support you, you know, with your academic resources. Uh, you're going to be able to know who your professors are. You know, it's 15, 17 to one student to teacher ratio at Bethune-Cookman. So if there is a student athlete or a student who's having an issue with a certain subject in, a, in that class or that topic, the professors are gonna be able to be available to meet with the students and the student athletes one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think there's something great to say where you're able to know who the cafeteria ladies are or the people working at janitors, you know, for us, we want to treat everybody like if they're the CEO of the company. And our guys do a pretty good job, in my opinion, uh, representing us to that facet. But I think when you look at the majors uh, for a private institution in the state of Florida, all in room and board, you're looking at $25,000 a year with academic money available that we can stack athletic money as well. Um, I think the history of Bethune-Cookman uh, that's been open for over 100 plus years um, and if it comes to baseball, everyone talks about facilities. Well, we're at Jackie Robinson Ballpark, which is a historic landmark site. Um, we have probably the only baseball stadium in the country that is a museum uh, because of the importance of Jackie Robinson. And you look at our out of conference schedule. You know, we don't shy away from competition. We play against everybody. You know, if you look at our midweeks, it's Miami, Florida, Florida State, UCF, FIU, uh, we played Florida Gulf Coast. And the good thing about us is we played LSU for a weekend last year. We played South Carolina for a weekend this year. So we're very big on putting our kids in a situation where they have to be comfortable in an uncomfortable setting. And that sets us up for the long run. But at the end of the day, it all applies to life. Because at, at one day, you know, all these student athletes, they're going to be fathers, they're going to be husbands, they're going to be role models in their communities we have to be able to prepare them for the skills necessary to be successful in life as well. And I think all of that just comes into play with why someone should look into Bethune-Cookman University in Daytona Beach, Florida. Hey coach, you know, I don't like to use this word mid-major. I coached the majority of my career was at mid-majors, whether it was Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine, or Cal State Northridge. Um, what is the biggest fallacy or maybe the biggest trap that kids fall into when they attend, they walk on your campus as a freshman or as a JC transfer thinking it may be a little easier because it's a mid-major. I mean, what's the biggest thing that you think affects kids from being successful right out of the gate, thinking that it's gonna be easy at a, at a place that isn't a power five? 
I think if they've had success at the previous, you know, if they were a junior college transfer and they had a ton of success, or if they were even a high school kid and had all the success and the individual accolades, as soon as they step foot on campus, especially here at Bethune, you're not going to get given everything. You know, one of the things that we tell our players is you got to think, we have to think outside the box because we can't afford the box. And that's a reality. We don't spend time worrying about what we don't have. Worry about what you do have. Yes, we don't have the the 10 hack attacks and we don't have all the pitching specific facilities that the bigger schools have. But guess what? We have a place where you're going to get better. You're going to develop. You're going to earn everything that you get. You're not going to get spoon fed. Um, and, and that's one of the things that a lot of guys that come in with success, they think, oh, I got it made. Well, well, no, you don't. Like There is still a growth process. You have to have a growth mindset. We don't see failure as, hey, you're failing. It's just an opportunity to learn, opportunity to grow. And we're going to go on this journey together. You know, just like our players grow, myself included with our assistant coaches, we grow, we develop every single day. But the moment that the kids feel that they have it figured out, it just seems that baseball finds a way to humble that person. And I know it's cliche, but there's two types of people in this world, those that are humble and those who are about to be. And I have a saying that I learned in junior college, and it was GAPOS, G-A-P-O-S, game ain't paced on sympathy. No one's going to feel sorry for you because of what you don't have. Worry about what you do have, move on, move forward, get better, and just get after it. And it's just going to teach you guys in life as well. When things aren't going your way, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for you. You're going to have to get up, rise up to the challenge, to the adversity that you're that you are facing and move on from that. And th those are the type of guys also that have had success, um, you know, for our program, guys that have dealt with adversity and they've overcome those adversities. And those dudes, they do very well in our program. Jonathan, can you tell uh, the listeners, are you uh, more of a high school driven a recruiter? Are you looking more into the portal? And then lastly, the, the recent rule change with regard to, uh, you know, not being allowed to talk to underclassmen until their junior year of high school. Uh, is that advantageous for you at Bethune-Cookman? Does that level the playing field somewhat? Uh, allowing players to mature at the high school level and then all be recruited at the same time? So I'll actually start with the last question first. As far as not speaking to, you know, student athletes until their junior year, for us at Bethune, it never made sense for us to reach out or to speak to a freshman or a sophomore because we just, there, there's just no success there. You, you have late bloomers, you have players who develop late, uh, they find their, th themselves in a situation to get recruited. So for us, I think that this new rule is going to level out the playing field as, as much as it can. Um, if you're talking about us recruiting high school driven, when I first got to Bethune, that was a point of emphasis for us. But after the pandemic and in 2021, we actually opted out of athletics. So this is really our second year post-COVID. We decided to recruit heavy on the junior college side just to match up with the way the landscape of the transfer portal and everybody else is recruiting. We found success on the junior college side um, for us. That does not mean that we stay away from the high school driven kid. Uh, we still recruit high school student athletes. But I think the success we've had the last two years without playing 2020 and 2021 has definitely been on the junior college side uh, on the recruiting side for us.
Coach, you've been you've been the head coach. This is your fifth season, um, and the game has changed over the last five years. My question to you is, uh, uh, being at a place like Bethune-Cookman, there could be some advantages to the transfer portal because you could get some kids back that had the limelights coming out of high school. But on the negative side, you could lose some of your best players to some Power 5 schools. Do you see the portal as an advantage or a disadvantage to a school like yourself? I think I'd be lying to you and the viewers if I say that it wouldn't hurt our program because it definitely does. You have student athletes who do well and they feel that they can get an opportunity at the next, I guess, level, right? Power five or, or a better school or however they want to see that. But for us, in all reality, it comes down to do you want to be here? Yes or no. You know, there's no pity party. Um, you know, if they decide to go in the transfer portal, that's their decision. They have to live with that decision. I don't. We know that we've done everything in our power to have them do what they need to do here in our program and provide them with the resources to be successful. But if they decide to choose that fate, once again, that's their decision. We just have to go and just find the next man up mentality where someone goes down with injury during the season. You can't mope about it. It's next man up. Let's get after it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we've this year we hit twice on the transfer portal, but it's not something that we're actively searching for in the transfer portal because for us in our institution, I can only speak for ourselves. It, there's a plethora of baseball players that are in the transfer portal, but they have to, they're in the transfer portal for a reason. Whether they didn't get their at bats, they didn't get their innings, or maybe they just weren't a great fit for that university, and that's okay. But we have to be cautious of what student athlete we bring in via the transfer portal, because again, it's not about the best player, it's about who fits best for our program and what we're doing moving forward. You know, uh, Jonathan, a hot topic that uh, both Dave and I have discussed with uh, a few coaches over the last few weeks is that the roster with regard to the increase uh, to 40 uh, going forward, what does your fall roster look like? Is it is it greater than 50? Is it very competitive? Are you more sticking with your guys? Are you giving walk-ons a lot of opportunity? We speak with a lot of parents and a lot of student athletes, and one of their questions is this new roster size to 40, what does it do to the walk-on, the real walk-on process at a school such as Bethune-Cookman? I think for us, we just stick with what's been successful for us. We, you know, as we know, the NCAA has only 11.7 scholarships. But one thing the viewers need to understand and, and the parents and the student athletes that not every institution has the economic capabilities to fulfill that 11.7 threshold. So we found success, you know, getting high academic guys that and, and I don't even like the term walk on. It's just not you're a scholarship player, you're a non scholarship player. Um, I, I don't like the term walk on. Um, and, and we found success, you know, having guys. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you want to make an investment. Uh, to a student athlete that's going to be able to impact your program. But it's like everything, in, in my opinion, it's hit or miss. You can give a guy 30%, 40% scholarship and he doesn't pan out. And then you have the non-scholarship player who ends up being a second team or first team conference selection. That is not unheard of to hear. And it shouldn't be a shock to the student athletes and the players. So um, I, I think when you expand the rosters to 40, we're right now at about 34, 35. And that's where we'll stay at because there just isn't 
enough innings or enough at bats to go through an entire season to have 40 players on your roster. Um, so you're going with 40 overall, but then your travel roster is 27. Well, that's 13, 14 kids that you're saying, Hey, you're not, you can't travel this weekend for X, Y, and Z, re X, Y, and Z reason, excuse me. So why would I go to 40 when I can keep it at 32 to 35 and just have maybe five or six guys, maybe some arms that through midweek that don't have to travel or God forbid somebody gets hurt. But for me and for us here at our institution, we, we won't go more than 40 in the fall. I think for us, it just doesn't make sense. I love to hear that because Walter and I have gone back and forth on whether that's right or wrong. As you just explained, your, your travel roster is 27. The, the institutions I was at was the same. That means a third of your team is staying home um, you know, when you travel on the road. Walter asked you earlier, Coach, about uh, what you could talk about, about your institution and your campus and your academics. I want you to kind of brag. I'm going to give you this opportunity to kind of brag about the history of Bethune-Cookman and the success that you've had over the last 10, 15 years and and the, the players that have come out that have been drafted that have gone into Major League Baseball. I'd like you to, to, to let our listeners hear that. So it'll probably be a shock to the viewers, uh, but the last 23 years, uh, Bethune-Cookman has won 19 conference championships. So that's 19 appearances in the NCAA regionals, uh, which again, like not a lot of people know because Bethune-Cookman is not really a big name. Um, it is, but but it's not. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've had over 50 players, you know, get drafted. Uh, 2019, we had a right-handed arm by the name of Anthony Maldonado, who currently right now is in AAA. Uh, with the Marlins, um, and he should be in the big leagues, hopefully, you know, by, by the end of this season. Uh, we have a couple of guys in this year's roster that, that have an opportunity uh, to, to, to get a professional opportunity, but you got Hiram Burgos, um, Mark Woodyard. You have guys like Montano Durapu, uh, who made it to the big leagues with the Pittsburgh Pirates. We've had about seven or eight big leaguers come through uh, Bethune-Cookman. And it's a tradition like no other. You know, we play the big schools. Uh, we we're not we don't shy away from competition. We, we want to be able to put ourselves in that situation to play a competitive schedule, because as we know, traditionally, Bethune-Cookman has gone to three regional sites once that opportunity comes for a conference championship. And that's Miami, Florida, Florida State. So we have to put our student athletes in that position uh, to be comfortable in an uncomfortable setting. So when it comes down to it, hey, we've been here before. Let's just go out and have fun. There's really no pressure on Bethune-Cookman, if if you look at it that way, and if that's the mindset, you know, we're not supposed to be here. Let's just go out, go have fun, and just do what we need to do. They strap it on just like we do. They practice, or they have 20 hours a week just like we do. Um, you know, let's just do what we need to do. But, yeah, we've had over 50 players get drafted from Bethune-Cookman. Uh, we've had about seven or eight big leaguers, um, you know, that, that have come through our program as well. And we're looking to add to that uh, tradition here at Bethune. So this was a big week. It's conference championship week across college baseball. Can you tell us a little bit about the SWAC, some of the teams that are in there for parents and student athletes to kind of gather some information and uh, tell us a little bit about your preparation uh, for this for this tournament, for the SWAC tournament this week? Yeah, so the SWAC tournament, um, this is the second year that we moved the SWAC tournament with everybody else's conference tournaments uh, because in years past, it's always been the week before. So it, it used to be the week before, um, you know, you have your conference tournament, you have a whole week off, and then regional uh, begins. Uh, so right now on the East Division, uh, you have Alabama State, 
uh, us, Bethune-Cookman, the two seed. You have Florida A&M, who they're located in Tallahassee as a three seed. And you have Jackson State, who's in Jackson, Mississippi, as a four seed representing the East Division. In the West Division, you have uh, Grambling State University. Uh, they're out in Louisiana. The two seed, you have uh, Texas Southern, that they're out in Texas. The three seed, you have Southern University, another school that has a lot of you know rich tradition and history. R Ricky Weeks uh, came out of there. And you have Prairie View representing the, the number four seed. So it's a double elimination tournament in, in a bracket. Uh, you're, you're broken up into two different brackets. And at the end of, the, at the end of Friday or Saturday, you have a one-game playoff uh, for the championship that's going to be on ESPN. So I think this year uh, the tournament's going to be a little bit more competitive than what it's been in years past because, like myself, all the other coaches do a phenomenal job in the SWAC representing their institutions and, and recruiting um, high-caliber type players that will have opportunities to seek um, – you know, to be drafted, hopefully, or, or have opportunities in professional baseball. Um, but it's a competitive week. At the end of the day, we're here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Georgia Tech is is hosting, or the city of Atlanta is hosting our tournament at Georgia Tech. And um, we're just looking forward to get after it. As far as preparation, you just stay what's what's been working. You know, you, it's, it's cliche, right? But if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, we've won eight or nine games, uh, eight or nine out of our last 10, 11 games. Um, it comes down to pitching. It comes down to clean defense and it comes down to timely hitting and situational hitting. So those are the things that we've harped on all year. Uh, we've done a pretty good job with all three facets of that. So we're just looking to continue that momentum as we begin um, the conference tournament tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Coach, um, for the student athlete out there that has interest in Bethune-Cookman, if they're out on the somewhere on the East Coast and the Northeast, if they're in the Midwest, if they're on the West Coast, I know you said you recruit out that way. Do you guys have prospect camps throughout the year? And how would what's the best way for a student athlete to garner your interest? Is it by email? Yeah, um, you know, if there is a student athlete that is interested, uh, we usually do two camps a year. Um, I usually do them. We usually do them in January and one in August. You know, right after the the summer circuit gets done. I think for us, it just doesn't make sense to do something in the smack middle of the summer tournaments because we all know travel baseball is expensive. Um, so to have that added cost to the parents while they're trying to figure out travel logistics and arrangements, it just for us, it, it just doesn't make sense to do so. Um, they can reach me at my email. Um, it's hernandezj at cookman.edu. Um, they can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, social media as well. And that that's how they can get in contact with us. Um, you know, and I think one thing too is your viewers need to understand also is us as college coaches, we can't make contact with those who are freshmen or sophomores. You know, if they email us, it's not that we don't we don't have interest. It's just that we have to abide by the NCAA rules. And I think that that gets lost um, in translation or communication with the student athletes who are under, you know, ninth grade, 10th grade, eighth grade, where we get emails all the time. But it's just unfortunate we can't answer those emails because we have to abide by the NCAA laws. I think that's critical for parents to really understand uh, that not only with the new rules that have been put in place, but even prior to that, college coaching staffs as a whole, uh, over and above camp information, cannot you know, be proactive and contact families or student athletes in particular. So you don't want to take that in the wrong way. And now more than ever, attending camps 
does allow for not only the coaches to interact with student athletes, but allows the student athletes to gain some insight onto the campus, the coaches, uh, their personalities, their expectations, their mannerisms, et cetera. So when you do have an opportunity and you know, that camp in January, for a guy like me in Boston, you know, that that would be a great camp to, uh, to kind of spend a few days with some palm trees and uh, some green grass. So uh, I'm sure that's intriguing to a lot of families in the Northeast and the Midwest. So, Jonathan, I want to say thank you because, A, I've been a fan uh, of yours uh, on social media and I really wanted to get you on. And I know we're in the, the middle of conference play, but I want to say thank you for taking time out of your tremendously busy schedule uh, this type of year. And I'm, I really wish you nothing but success. I know the program is firing on all cylinders. And I really hope that not only do you get to a regional, but uh, it's okay to make a super and uh, knock on the door of a big city in Nebraska. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's all about the mind and, and what you think is capable. If, if you believe it, it can happen. Um, just like with your viewers, if you believe that, you know, you, you there's a school for everybody. You know, you just got to go out and search for it. And like you mentioned, the camps, that's a great way to interact with the coaching staff, whether you feel that that's going to be a good fit because it's two-way street. It's not only coaches wanting to see if the players are great fits, but it's also the players and the parents, um, you know, seeing if it's a good fit. And a lot of things are, are going on, and, and I appreciate what you guys both are doing, um, you know, in this space. But the parents and players also have to understand that they do have the power in their own recruiting um, you know, process. And I think that they don't want to understand this, but you definitely do because if you're a student that has three, four, five, six schools that are on you, you're the one that's got to make the decision. So you have the power, take ownership of your own recruiting process and don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just focus on you and everything will get aligned the way that, you know, hopefully you would want it. So I thank you guys and appreciate it. And coach, I want to say this in closing, uh, I love that what Walter and I are doing, but I think what's more important is that, uh, you know, I know, I know who you are. I had never talked to you before, probably ran into you at the, through, by you at the convention, but I have boys of my own, their eligibility is up, but just to hear your philosophies and your thoughts of how you run your program are so vital to anyone that hears this of, because it isn't just the school you're going to, it's the men you're playing for. And as a parent and as a former coach myself, um, that is more important than how much they can teach you as a hitter or you as a pitcher is how they're going to lead you into life. And anyone that's listening that will listen to this podcast um, or this this uh, video, if you don't walk away and realize that, that Coach Hernandez is a top flight guy that has things in place and he's all about the players then you're not listening to the right stuff. So I, I commend you, Coach. I love your philosophies, and I wish you the best of luck as you move forward. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm humbled by your words, and it means a lot coming from, from a guy like you with your experience. And thank you once again. Anything I can do to help out, please you know, reach out. And if anyone has questions, um, you know, I'll, I'll be for sure to answer them. Well, we're going to make sure we put all of Coach Hernandez's Social media uh, contact information, his email address, so that you, as a family or a prospective student athlete, can reach out to Coach Hernandez directly at Bethune-Cookman. Coach, best of luck in the conference tournament, and thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you. You're welcome.